Hello, and welcome to episode 125 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. In this episode, we have a review of Strange Adventures, issue two, and Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, issue three. The creative team on Strange Adventures is Tom King Writer, with Mitch Jarrett and Evan Doc Shaner on art, and Clayton Kyles on letters. Your creative team on Wonder Woman, Dead Earth is Daniel Warren Johnson on writing and art, with Mike Spicer on colors and Russ Wooten on letters. This is your spoiler alert for these two comics, so if you don't want to be spoiled, please pause the podcast and come back after you've read these comics. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Noah, so before we do our deep dive, uh, why don't you lead us off with some initial thoughts on both of these books? Um, I think uh, I really like how... um, uh, the Wonder Woman book seems to have like it, it sort of dipped in sort of like quality, I guess, in the last issue story wise. We kind of covered that um, compared to the first issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this new issue has really taken off and almost made the last issue even better in retrospect, at least. So, like, I have a better opinion of the last issue, which I already loved, but I love it more now after this new issue. And I kind of have to say the same about Strange Adventures, even though I didn't really dislike anything about the first issue, but this new issue is making me like all the setup in the last issue even more as well. Um, Having, I think it always helps to be, to have interesting characters in your book all around. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, you know, it's not just uh, Adam, Adam Strange being the only interesting character, Adam Strange and his wife being the only interesting character throwing in this new element of Mr. Terrific really makes the story feel three-dimensional and well-rounded. And um, if it keeps up the way that it is, I might end up liking this book more than like Mr. Miracle or um, yeah, anything else Tom King and Mitch Jarrods have done. But uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So uh, I think what's interesting here is, is that we have one issue that is issue two out of 12 and yeah. then we have one issue that is three out of four, I believe. Yeah. So, um, the you know, you were talking about how the, the last issue, book two of Wonder Woman Dead Earth, was a little bit of a sort of slowdown in, in pacing and sort of, uh, you know, plot building, character development. I think we got a lot of that in issue two of... Uh, Strange Adventures. Definitely. And uh, there's definitely 12 issues versus four issues. You definitely have a lot more time to to do that. Um, so uh, I think that's an interesting, when you look back at two of four versus two of 12, the, the sort of decompression um, can be uh, with the 12 issue series, you can have a lot more of that with, with the four issue series can have a little bit of it but you still have to really advance that 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 plot so yeah um, I was thinking know. that while I was reading it I kind of I read Strange Adventures first and then I read Wonder Woman Dead Earth three second and I I, I really love the character development that has happened in just two issues of Strange Adventures as far as creating these very interesting uh, complex character studies and then also moving the plot along. Whereas I think that's maybe one of the weaknesses of Wonder Woman is that it's kind of like it sort of fall, at least on the last issue sort of fell short as far as characters went mm-hmm. and uh, moving the plot along. And we even talked about that in the last issue that 
uh, the last review of Wonder Woman Dead Earth that it would have been kind of nice to have seen this be a 12 issue or even a longer like four or five, six issue series at, at, at this uh, at this format, not like a regular format, but so that, that he could really move the pace along at sort of a more natural speed instead of having to feel like he has to rush rush into things and explain things fast within four issues. Uh, and then still be able to do the kick-ass um, action sequences that we get, too. Yeah, so uh, before we go into to Strange Adventures, um, I think one thing that's interesting, not necessarily interesting, but I think one thing that is just sort of uh, a circumstance of the, the state of the world was how much time was in between these these issues. Yeah. Um, I wonder how much this sort of slowed down uh, decompressed storytelling in Strange Adventures would have felt, you know, sort of with that 30-day break in between as opposed to, you know, what do we probably have? Maybe like four to five months in between? Uh, we uh, had, uh, I think we had three months. Three months? In March, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, there's nothing... Definitely any- came out in March, actually. It was the last, because I came up to, it was the last time I think I saw you before this all happened. I came up in March... Yes. And uh, I went to Third Eye and I got the first issue of Strange Adventures right before everything closed down. That was the last time I was in Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was the right call to not ship these books, but it definitely affects the way anybody reading a single issue sort of digests the story. Um, uh, But uh, that that, that being said, uh, you know, these, I, I enjoyed both these books and I feel like both these books are going to read great as uh, collected volumes. I was thinking the same thing too, especially when we get into Strange Adventures um, and, and Wonder Woman Dead Earth too. I, I, I'm really looking forward to getting a like a hardcover of that book. The uh, the interesting, the, the, one of the great things about this podcast for me is that I, I have a short term with comics. I have a short term memory with comics. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about it on this podcast, I have a better it's easier for me to remember what happens. So actually I was, I'm glad we talked about uh, Strange Adventures after we read it right away because I didn't have to go back and read the first issue again to remember everything. So very grateful that we get to have these discussions. So at least I can remember what's happening in comics. All right. That, uh, so let's, uh, let's dive into um, Strange Adventures issue two. Um, so, uh, you know, as we talked about last time, there was in the, the first issue sort of a recap. And this is, a, this is, I guess, would also be a spoiler for, for issue one. There's a bit of a murder mystery. Um, and uh, uh, Adam Strange is looking to some DC characters to, to help him. He, uh, he goes to Batman. Um, Batman won't take the job. So he turns to Mr. Terrific who will take the job and uh you know there's a lot made of the book that was written by adam strange in in the first issue so this picks up with sort of adam strange getting a copy of that book um and he's sort of training and studying um and then we have a flashback um to, to to adam strange uh you know with his wife what did you think about uh the way this book started off yeah and it's uh, it's mr terrific getting the book not adam strange yeah thank you yeah yeah and it's um but no i really liked how it began i, I like that uh we remember when we were kind of speculating a couple 
months ago about uh, what Tom King's post about like the Watchmen comics being research. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really got watch more Watchmeny vibes from this issue than like uh, than like you know say Mister Miracle, which he sort of also referenced Watchmen as a big influence on that. Mm-hmm. But this more like how uh, each issue of Watchmen is from a different character's perspective as the story goes and um, involves, of course, nonlinear storytelling across time and uh, uh, time and different formats and mediums. Um, I kind of got a lot of vibes here with that. So like from the beginning, you get this new look of, of the world that this story is taking place in this version of the DC universe from Mr. Terrific's perspective which I would say is different than the perspective of Adam Strange in the last issue. And then, of course, you've got this other timeline drawn by uh, Doc Shaner, which is uh, still following and uh, sort of uh, developing the, the plot of what, what this mystery is all about at the same time. Um, yeah. I really like that. And I also liked how, uh, again, like I was talking about Watchmen, you have you know, you have the story being told in that book across, you know, across multiple perspectives and timelines, but also across multiple, uh, like, forms of storytelling. So you have, like, the comic within the comic, mm-hmm. with, like, the Black Freighter, and then you also have all the, like, appendices and, like, you know, uh, uh, I guess, uh, I'm trying to think of the correct word, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think what it's called supplementary reading that kind of thing like at the end of each issue and that sort of stuff is peppered throughout it i kind of see a format of this happening here with like mr terrific's like ai following him around so this is why it'll be cool to go back and reread this book is that i'm sure everything that the robot is talking about is either gonna is either foreshadowing something that's gonna happen and or it's like and or like as we'll go you see that the trivia that the robot's dropping on Mr. Terrific relates directly to this timeline that Doc Shaner's drawing. Does that make sense? Yeah, because if not, it's just sort of a way to just show, I mean, and he certainly is, that Mr. Terrific is one of the most intelligent uh, individuals in the in yes. the DC universe, but it's just, if none of this stuff is has any meaning, it's the only thing it is, is just to show, you know, his recall and his, his, you know, his skill to sort of remember facts and sort of put facts together. So it would yeah. make sense that there's a bigger plan at hand with, with all of those things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I like that a lot. So I, uh, yeah, I like things being, I liked that being used uh, uh, for more than one thing, I guess. Yeah. So that, that was that. not, I guess I did like that. Um, but yeah, well, let, let's move on with the story. Yeah, and that's a major that's a major part of this book is just sort of the 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 training and the the knowledge building that uh, Mister Terrific is doing. Yeah, um, a lot of this book is uh, you know we talk a lot about page design, but a lot of this book is three panel wide screenshots. Yeah. Um, so it's again, it's a lot of the sort of you read it, um, and it's sort of the paces one two three one two three you you know you you don't uh i mean the panels are beautiful but there's nothing that really like slows you down and there's a lot of sort of like uh 
you know, quick dialogue between when it's Mr. Terrific, it's, it's quick dialogue between Mr. Terrific and the AI. I mean, it does slow down a little bit when it goes to the, uh, the story of the, the, you know, the sort of the past story, the, the, the mystery that's building, but it's, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a very quick sort of pacing and, and dialogue sort of book. Yeah, I really liked that. And you pointing that out really blows my mind because I'm looking at the second page right now. And uh, I really like that bottom panel drawn by uh, Doc Shanner where um, Adam Strange is in the background or not Adam Strange, but uh, the uh, the sort of elder is in the background and he's looking at uh, Adam Strange's wife who's kneeling over the daughter. It's like even there, the composition is in threes and even the panel above that has like three focal points as well. So it's got like the snowplow, the AI, and Mr. Terrific walking to his car. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, like that's that's a really cool thing. And it, it's, it plays, again, it's, it's very rhythmic, which is a sort of a hallmark of Tom King's writing style with any artist. Yeah, and uh, you know, we do a lot with, with coloring here. I guess uh, Mitch Jarrett's and Doc Shaner, they are their own colorist uh, here because there's no, no colorist listed, but there's a lot of warm palettes when either you know, we're inside or there's a lot of cool palettes when we're either in the cold or sort of in the sort of, uh, you know, desert, uh, you know, planet space. Uh, so uh, there's, and it's almost like the, the two main colors are blue and the, the orangish, uh, orangish red sort of, we, we alternate between those two. Yeah, and that's just a good color scheme. It's sort of a natural color scheme as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful though, and it's very satisfying to look at. I think I, I I might be wrong, and you may have to research this, but it's it's the formula of color that's most used in film. So there's a very cinematic feeling to this book. Okay. You feel like almost you know you, and I know most comics there there is a lot of overlap between film and comics, but in the colors especially. So if you watch a lot of movies, the typical uh, complementary color scheme that they use are orange and blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that this comic sort of draws on that as well. And it also sort of adds to um, maybe moving, you know, moving along at a good pace, you know, if, if you know what I mean. So this yeah. is the, you know, the orange and blue is sort of a natural eye and it doesn't really hurt your eyes. It doesn't really draw too much attention to your to itself it just sort of helps you move along which is why a lot of movies use it too so that you're just focused on the people or you know other details as well yeah all right so um we've talked about this a lot but uh really the two main things that we go through are sort of uh mr terrific you know researching you know, getting a copy of the book, training. He does have a conversation with with Batman, um, you know, sort of at the midpoint of the book. They're sort of communicating, uh, you know, via radio. Um, this is where Batman speaks. In the first one, we sort of had that meta moment where, where Batman, you know, didn't didn't speak, um, but he, he starts speaking, you know, even if it's, you know, over the radio here, so. Yeah, and uh, it's it's cool to see Mr. Terrific sort of be the multitasker, just mm-hmm. to show his brilliance that he can. He's doing research into uh, into Adam Strange while he's, 
you know, like, you know, doing all this deep cut, you know, uh, I guess not trivia, but just all this knowledge testing with his AIs and he's boxing and, uh, yeah, but then at the same time, yeah, he's always like, he's sort of like Sherlock Holmes in a way. And that seems to be sort of the role they're trying to give him as sort of like this, this genius who, uh, whose brain is like moving at speeds unimaginable all the time. Um, in contrast to the previous issue, which was very cut and dry as far as like what was going on with Adam Strange and what was happening with him. It was complex, but like, you know, again, he's sort of like, uh, he's sort of being painted as sort of this more barbaric character. You know, he's not very scientific. He's sort of the emotional, you know, intense person, whereas Mr. Terrific is a very calculating, uh, intense person. Yeah. So I think basically, you know, as, as we move forward, when we talk about this, basically the, uh, the plot point for Mr. Terrific is, is that he um, sort of agrees to take the job looking into uh the the mystery yes um, and the sort of the backstory that we sort of have uh adam strange and his 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 wife is that they sort of are you know on this uh adventure um and there's a there's a you know an accident with one of the jetpacks and uh sort of they make the agreements uh that he's going to go looking for for help um and and leave her behind um and that we don't get any we don't get any resolution there so that's really the two sort of uh uh plot points of those two competing stories yeah yeah and uh during this time we're getting hints of the draw to this mystery that mr terrific has where he he has had a loss in his life of of a child Mm -hmm. and his and his uh looks like his partner. Um, and uh, that's sort of one of the big things with Adam Strange is that uh, we're working up to the point where we find out how he lost, how him and his wife lost his daughter in this conflict. And uh, yeah, and then we, of course, we get a good reveal of uh, at the end, if you want to talk about that as to why Mr. Terrific ends up taking the case and that's related to how, to, to what happened to Adam Strange's daughter. I'll let you go ahead and, and handle that one. Okay. Well, basically about, you know, while Mr. Terrific is reading the book, doing a bunch of other stuff, he comes to a realization after he's done reading the book, he reads the, the uh, dedication at the beginning of the book, which says, for my daughter whom I lost in the war, my life is spent with grief. And right then and there, he says, call Batman. And he tells Batman that Adam Strange's daughter is not dead. Yes. And, he's, and Adam Strange is lying about that. So he agrees to take the case for that reason. And then the AI is the last question the AI asks Mr. Triffick, as Mr. Triffick is sort of putting on his iconic uh, face paint, um, is what was, the, what was the sex of the unborn child who died with his wife, Mr. Triffick's wife. So there's a lot of themes of trauma, again, being expanded across these two characters. And that'll be either a a place of, I'm wondering if that'll be a place of contention or a place of like related, like, you know, or like something that'll help build their relationship um, as the story goes. So what do you think? Do you think that'll be like a source of conflict or do you think that'll be something that'll help Mr. Terrific and the Adam Strange relate to each other? 
Uh, I would tend to think conflict because I feel like that would make for better, you know, storytelling that just sort of have the tension and everybody not getting along great. So that's why I would tend to, to lean in that direction. Yeah. But then also the cool thing about this issue is that it ends at the exact same place that the last issue ends as well. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, do you think the next issue is going to end that same way with another player in this, in this story? That's interesting. Uh, I would like that. That'd be really cool. And then I would, then I would want to figure out some way for each issue of the 12 to sort of end at the same point. But I, I don't know how that would, uh, how that would happen. But I yeah, just exactly. would like, I would like the ultimate troll job of here's your, <laughs> here's your, um, here's your 12 issue maxi series and every page of every issue is sort of concluding close to or in the same that uh, the, the, the previous issue ended. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like the sound. I like the idea of that, but at the same, it, it's still really cool. Even if Mr. Terrific and Adam Strange are the only two main characters, it's really cool for them to end the way that it is. So maybe it's sort of just to show, you know, maybe it'll just be a, a something where like each issue ends at the same place just to set up the key players. So maybe the next issue is about Adam Strange's wife, who I should probably know the name of, um, but I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I can't recall offhand either. Yeah. Let me see if they ever say anything. While you're looking for, for that, I'll sort of, uh, I'll, I'll pose another question. Uh, do you think any other writer uh, can get away with sort of writing a book where half of the book is just one of the main characters sort of training and gaining knowledge from uh, sort of a, a, a floating AI? Because... For decompressed storytelling, we we had basically half the issue, or maybe not half the issue, three quarters of the issue of of Mr. Terrific sort of, you know, reading that book and you know answering questions from from his AI. Um, I guess if you have the clout that Tom King has, that's the the editor is not going to say, hey, how about we uh, we move the story along a little bit quicker than that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't think you could do it with if you didn't have Tom King proving himself as being a good writer of this kind of story. Because he sort of has stuff like that even from when he started out with things like Grayson and everything. You know, he sort of built his audience and his fan base based on writing stuff like that, which I hope that's the stuff he enjoys writing and isn't just stuck. He's not like, man, I really wish I could write a stupid, simple story at some point not involving a bunch of information being thrown at people the whole time, but you know, he seems to be good at it. So I hope that he enjoys it. Yeah. Well, uh, and my wife's name is Alana. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, no, uh, no secret that, uh, the two Tom King, uh, Mitch Jarrett's fanboys, uh, enjoyed the, uh, enjoyed that issue. Yeah. If I have a criticism of it, I don't know what it is. Maybe again, it'll be something where I'll have to, you know, get to the end and then figure out what it is. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of sucked into the, the mystery of everything um, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'll, I'll, I'll kind of feel bad not having a criticism of it. I really should be more critical of things, but. 
No, but like if you if you if you think about it, it's sort of like one hook me with like how cool everything is and then yeah. two like hook me with like oh i gotta figure out what what this means or oh i gotta figure out like how this is gonna sort of unwind or, or relate to things so that's a little bit of what they did with these with these first two issues yeah there are some things in there that uh like the the information sometimes does slow you down once you feel like you're getting into a groove and i really appreciate that i mean the the, the information and the uh all the questions that the AI is asking Mr. Terrific can sometimes like, there's one part where um, there's one part where he quotes uh, St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the, the quote is even as in the blessed, uh, even as in the blessed in heaven, there will be most perfect charity. So in the damned, there will be the most perfect hate. So again, sort of playing with this idea of, uh, of heaven and hell that are sort of being played with about like sort of the duality of, of life, you know, that there's always two sides to everything that the first issue established. So even right there, I was like, Oh, that's cool. That's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that that's sort of symbolizing what's happening in the story. But in, then even again at the next, the next question that he asks is, um, Describe Fisher's winning gambit at the Marshall Chess Club in 1956 and its significance. So, Mr. Terrific answers with 17th move, bishop to e6, sacrificing his queen. Every expert would have saved her. He was 13, an amateur, but by killing her, he won the game. So, this could be related to what just happened on the Doc Shaner story, where he has to leave his wife behind in order to succeed in the mission. So sacrificing the queen as a younger man, or it could be related to the daughter. And that's part of the piece that makes sense that, you know, that he killed the queen, his daughter in order to win something. So I thought that was really cool. And it really made me slow down and be like, Oh, wait a minute. All of these things that the AI is saying, are actually pointing towards Mr. Terrific solving the, the the puzzle. So I really appreciate that. And that's the last yeah. thing I have to say about this issue. Yeah, no, I, uh, that's, that's a really great, uh, great point. And again, you know, when we, uh, when we go back and we reread these and uh, we look at them at the podcast, there's a lot of times where we, where we figure these things out on, on second read, which is, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm really excited to, to go back, especially there's a math problem at the beginning of the issue, uh, the, the first, uh, the second bit of trivia, and uh, it involves the letters X, M, and N. So I'm wondering if that's going to be related to characters at some point. Like we'll go back and we're like, oh, M means Mr. Terrific, and X means this person, and N means that person. So I'm wondering, yeah, if that'll have significance within the story as well. That would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah. All right, so let's turn our attention to to book three of Wonder Woman, uh, Dead Earth. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about the first two issues, and these are basically sort of uh, Elseworld future tales where, you know, there's been this uh, world-ending event, um, and Wonder Woman is sort of the, the champion of, uh, you know, this, this group of people. Um, in this book, she sort of left them behind as she's gone to uh, Themyscira, and she she learns a little bit more um, when she's there. There's a lot of reveals, and, and two, 
Um, and we, we sort of pick up again with that on th with three. Um, did you spot the cameo on uh, page one? Yes, is uh, the the one guy from Murder Falcon at the yeah, bottom I, panel? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 that made that made me that made me chuckle when I when I saw him in the last yeah, panel. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was great, and that made me think too. With with this third issue, I have to say, uh, since quarantine, I, I went when quarantine started. I read Extremity and Murder Falcon. Okay, and I really love those books. But I I it really um, one thing I've really appreciated that I think his his story and character craft has really, Daniel Warren Johnson's, I mean, has really improved mm -hmm. over those three books, but then I think really improved in this book as well, having read those since we, since we last recorded. Um, so I, I, I've been really just sort of like, I, it was really cool to read those books and sort of see their shortcomings in the character realm and then see how strong the characters are in this issue. Um, but yeah, but so that, that seeing that cameo made me, uh, reminded me of that. Very cool. So, uh, they do like this thing, which is really cool on the first page is, uh, you know, uh, Wonder Woman and, and the, the, the cheetah are talking here and they do a good way of sort of doing a recap page for us, um, yeah. as the two are sort of telling each other camp that campfire stories. So it's sort of that it's a really interesting way to do uh, like a recap um, yeah. without sort of without doing that traditional Marvel uh, in the last issue, you know, that sort of bronze age Marvel thing where they said in the last issue, this happened to so-and-so and this is where we are. They, they do that here. Um, so, so I like that. Um, and then two and three is this, just this epic massive double page spread, which I, which I really liked. I, you know, yeah. I sort of poured over it for, for a couple of minutes trying to, to take in all the detail. Yeah, I was just floored. I, I wasn't able to pick up a physical copy this week, sadly. So I, I, I was reading it even on my phone and I was floored. So it's, yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, I think obviously give a lot of credit to Daniel Warren Johnson and his amazing skills with ink and pencils, but also to Mike Spicer, like beautiful colors on this page. Uh, yeah yeah really enhances the storytelling yeah i i i i really enjoyed it uh i you know uh it's got to be great for for an art writer artist to sort of say hey you know i'm gonna i'm gonna incorporate a, a double page splash here um yeah. with tanks and tanks. amazons and uh warthogs raining you know fired from on high yeah yeah and there's sort of like this like this weight of like uh everybody sort of like folding in on each other like in the yeah. like you, you're reading it like digitally but i have the the physical copy so there's like a crease here and sort of like everybody's sort of like leaned in and sort of like falling into each other sort of at the the center point which would be the the the, the page crease in these two uh, two panels, which is which is a pretty cool uh, sort of design element. Yeah, that's masterful. So we do a little bit more sort of backstory. Uh, the the cheetah sort of is is filling in uh, Wonder Woman on some of the things that happened as she was sort of out of it. Um, and there's a lot of sort of uh, talk between the two 
um, really tragic what happens to the cheetah. She's always a tragic character, and Johnson seems to understand that. True. And uh, I like that he just sort of doesn't make it easy on anyone, this whole issue. Um, and especially Cheetah, and you get more into why she is the, like, you know, why she's so deformed in this series, and it's really sad. Uh, but I like how on, on the next page, again, to sort of harken back to some Watchmen-esque storytelling, there's a lot of repeated images and panels sort of that have been throughout this whole series. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this issue, you see why, you know, all those images get, like, you know, get uh, significance behind them. So one of the repeated images throughout these issues are missiles being launched into the air. Yes. And on this, in this issue, you understand why, but also they call back to, I think it was the first issue where she, she sees Steve Trevor, like she has the flashback to seeing Steve for the first time. And he's sort of engulfed in, uh, he's surrounded by flames mm -hmm. um, after he's landed on the Island, but they pan down this time and they show his hand reaching for his gun when he sees Wonder Woman. And that's sort of the, the perception of, you know, she's always been all about loving the humans and seeing the good in them. And Steve was the one that she sort of was the one that convinced her to see the good in people. But even he, you know, was ready to turn to violence out of fear. Um, which I thought that was a very powerful moment in this comic. Yeah, and you know, there's no way to sort of plan the these things, but uh one thing that struck me uh reading this uh is the parallels you could draw towards sort of like real world events that are going on yeah. right now. Um it's just one of those sort of like weird coincidences that happen every once in a while, but a lot of this sort of talk about sort of men not and when I say men, I'm talking about like sort of humankind, sort of you know, inflicting all of these evils on on each other, is just sort of really poignant right now. Well, you know, not just on each other, but on a on a minority. You know, then not to get too political, but I am going to get political. So the, but it's not it's not political. It's 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 and that that's the whole point of the movement right now. So I'm sorry I even said it was political. But it gets on to the, to the basis of the human rights. And it's so, it's, again, it's so topical that a minority of people, the Amazons, are being attacked because people are afraid of them. You know, that's, all, all the, that's the only place where it comes from is this violence, is this, is this fear. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge thing about, um, you know, and it gets to the end, not to spoil, again, we, we gave you a spoiler alert, but the ending that fits with Wonder Woman is that love is the answer to this fear in the end, you know, loving and meeting each other at a place of understanding. And so that we don't create these monsters that come to kill us. Um, yeah. And, and there is something to see, you know, it's, there's a lot to unpack here symbolically and, you know, we need to be sensitive about it, of course, drawing parallels to, to real events, but it is really cool to see this, um, to see this land uh, at this time. Yes, that's that's very true. Um, so you know, we we so sort of have more backstory. Um, uh, you know, some great uh, creature design by by Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah. Uh, but then we go back to sort of the the group of folks that uh, Wonder Woman led out of that sort of town village that we met in the first um, 
first couple of issues. Uh, they're 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 not uh, they're not doing so well. Um, they're getting a little worried because uh, she's been she's been gone for she's been gone for so long. Um, you know, and sort of one of these the the kids that found her at the beginning is uh is is going around and is then sent on a uh on a mission um so that sort of leaves us with with the 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 humans that we met early um in this issue what did you what did you think about that storyline i really like that and i like um this is why i sort of really appreciate the character work that's being done here is because they introduced the lasso in the last issue which has been something an element, a classic element of Wonder Woman, one of the many that are missing from this series. But to have the character rope the the former leader of the humans who was sort of, you know, uh, a dictator over them and, you know, you know, having these like gladiatory, like, sorry, gladiatorial games and things. And uh, Wonder Woman lets him live because she realizes that he's going to be useful in getting the people to follow her. And he realizes in this moment that they need Wonder Woman in order to survive. They need what she represents in order to keep moving. And that was a really cool moment. Uh, again, I wish they had spent more time getting to this place mm -hmm. uh, where he comes to this realization. Again, it, it's sort of, there's a lot of steps skipped over to this change, but at the same time, the, the, the things are all there because in the last issue, she shows him mercy and shows that he's, you know, makes a point to show how important he is um, to the survival of these people. So at, so at the same time, it's not completely unmotivated or, um, you know, undeserved as a moment, but it's, uh, it's, it, it could, like I said, I wish, I just sort of wish this issue was longer and that that development maybe happened over a couple more steps. No, no, I, I, I get that. I, I, I understand uh, what you're saying there. Um, from there, uh, we cut back to the to the cheetah and Wonder Woman on the the flying horse. They're flying somewhere that uh, appears to be very very cold and uh, uh, you know snowy. Turn the page and we get a, another awesome sort of uh, double page spread of the Fortress of Solitude. But what's really interesting here and in this world, the the people are wondering why Superman hasn't come to, to, to save them and help them out. So we yeah. get this really, you know, sort of gnarly sort of image of, you know, the, 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 the winged horse flying in with all of these sort of, uh, uh, you know, skulls and uh, flags, you know, come back, save us. And all these people who have like come to, to Superman, you know, wanting him to, to save them. And Superman was, was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. I, I, I love that image. And again, a lot of symbolism there. And as it'll, it'll a lot of symbolism now just coming to my mind of uh, sort of what Superman represents in this story. And uh, you know, he's always the savior of everyone. Mm -hmm. um, he's always you know, he's always the, the standard for the DC universe. He's what everyone strives to be. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the image of a bunch of dead bodies outside of the Fortress of Solitude. And it's not just any Fortress of Solitude. It's like this, the Christopher Reeves Fortress of Solitude, um, which I thought that was cool. And, uh, yeah, that, you know, that, uh, that, that's a very powerful image right there just to see 
yeah, like the, the, the sort of the best of humanity not being able to save them. And that, that also raises some questions, which yes. propels the story forward. Yes, and we'll get, we'll get some answers there. Uh, they land, uh, you know, there's the, the door is shut. Um, I guess Wonder Woman has a little bit of, she can't piece like all of her memories together and we'll, we'll see a little bit of that. Um, but she has enough memory to, I guess, know where there's, where there's a key. Um, and again, we're reminded that she doesn't have all of her powers, uh, but the door opens um, and this sort of Android Superman walks out and welcomes them in. Uh, and you know, this book has been Elseworlds and sort of creepy and violent and filled with monsters. And this was just another really sort of like cool thing like uh, to happen. Like you wouldn't have this happen in a, you know, a normal DCU universe book where we had to sort of maintain the continuity just to have this sort of Android Superman walk out and greet them was, well, I guess he's not an Android. I guess he's fully, well, no, he's, he's an Android, I think. Yeah. So uh, they go in and, you know, these next two pages here are really, really awesome. Um, yeah. We get uh, more than a, more than a full page uh, splash of uh, a dead Superman sort of on his throne inside the Fortress of Solitude. And then we get these quick, well, not really, they're not all quick hitting. Uh, they're sort of, these three diagonal panels um but we sort of have the like the 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 really cool sort of longer shot which makes us slow down and just sort of look at the damage that's been inflicted on on superman the close-up reaction shot of wonder woman's eyes sort of in shock and then we get the silhouette the sort of like uh you know we we know the individuals that are here uh, through silhouette, but we're not spending a lot of time sort of focusing on them. What we're doing is sort of, uh, sort of focusing on that that line of dialogue by by making everybody silhouetted there at the end. So, what do you think about this? Th th these two pages here, man. This is my favorite, probably my favorite part of the book so far. To have that, to have the page turn on uh, the android saying, uh, you know, you don't remember, and then that reveal. Mm -hmm. of that that first page and him just you know this huge image of these cavernous halls with superman centered dead superman's dead body centered in the middle and just the dialogue of you killed him you know that hit like like that was like that's like one of my new all-time favorite comic book moments um and then what happens next going into the 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 background of what happened is again just perfect i think I, I don't think that i have any complaints about anything that happens afterwards it was just sort of a it was gut punch after gut punch following that moment yeah so um you know we sort of have that moment we're sort of like oh wow this is this is throwing us for for a loop this is sort of epic you know um but then you know we we sort of shift into this this flashback uh, you know, we have the, the sort of the color tone shifting, um, you know, we see, we see Superman alive here so that we, again, sort of following the, 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 the turning of the pages, um, without it saying like before or then in the caption, 
uh, we know that we're sort of being told a story, even, you know, using that dialogue um, from, from the, from the Android. Uh, but I thought that this was, this was done really well. It was. Yeah. And the, this whole sequence of Superman trying to keep the Amazons from killing the humans and humans from killing the Amazons and vice versa to the humans launching the, the nuclear weapons. Um, I got some very, like there's a lot of dark Knight returns vibes from this and also uh, kingdom come vibes um, from this sequence. Uh, which I really is, you know, when you want to do a good Elseworlds book, you know, you reference those two, two of the, the you know, if not two of the best, if not the best Elseworlds. And also uh, Superman's design is kind of like all-star Superman, uh, which Warren Johnson has sort of admitted is one of his favorite graphic novels. So you can definitely see that here in how he draws Superman. Um, but it's, uh, it's cool to see like basically a couple pages referencing other Elseworld books, but then, making Wonder Woman an, an even bigger player, you know, sort of framing the story around that. Yeah. So, um, there's, I, I you know, I, I don't think that this is any stretch to sort of compare Paul Pope to, to Daniel Warren Johnson, yeah. but, uh, that, you know, after that page that we talked, we spent so much talking about with the we reveal, we go back to the sort of the, the, the backstory that first, uh, top panel there that is a really Paul Pope and Paul Pope looking like figure and I I, I really like that uh, that look yeah. and so um, but it reminds me of how we haven't really gotten a good have we gotten any like outside of Superman year one that's the only black label Superman book we've gotten and uh, that's really sad so I'm like, I'm like <laughs> reading this page I was like I really hope Daniel Warren Johnson does a Superman black label book next. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, and as you alluded, we, we do have a lot of sort of this, this imagery of the, of the missiles flying. We get that with, with the launch um, Superman uh, bust into sort of the, the bunker um, and, and sort of, you know, yells at the, uh, the, the powers that be for launching uh, from there, we cut to to Wonder Woman on Themyscira, um, and they're sort of alerted to the fact that all of these uh, rockets have been launched. Uh, Wonder Woman goes out uh, to sort of defend them uh, using sort of uh, sort of sort of her powers. Um, she's doing somewhat okay, but she's sort of overwhelmed. Uh, she can't stop everything. And, uh, you know, after some, you know, some success, she, she, you know, she can't stop everything and, uh, Themyscira blows up. Yeah. And, uh, they, they explain, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson uses the, uh, the gauntlets as sort of the, what, what holds back Wonder Woman's full power. Mm -hmm. So in order to stop the missiles, Hippolyta takes the gauntlets off and unleashes the full power of Wonder Woman, which... Mm -hmm we think will be good, but then we find out that it's sort of the great equalizer of Wonder Woman and humanity after that. Very true. And I, I thank you for, for bringing that up. Well, I think it's, it's really cool that how I it went in a place. I thought that Daniel Warren Johnson was sort of going to treat Wonder Woman as sort of this in, infallible God, 
Mm -hmm. throughout the book you know like she was just going to be someone who was like you know who was going to eventually be like I'm so much better than you and that's why I'm going to help Mm -hmm. but to sort of have that moment where you think that even at her full potential she's better than everyone that at her full potential she becomes just as bad as humanity that was moving to me to have to put your character in that place that that's a really cool move yeah um i i agree so the going from there uh superman shows up um and he sort of he's like uh he he speaks off panel at first telling diana that he's sorry um uh and then this fight is intense and emotional and yeah it's what like again what to say except just like wow right yeah so um the 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 fight is 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 kinetic it's epic it's sort of fast um visceral yeah um i've been watching some of daniel warren johnson's sort of youtube videos that he does Uh where he sort of like on friday he'll sort of do this thing where he pulls out a book that's really uh been inspiring to him and a lot of times it's uh it's it's a manga and this fight is very much sort of that uh that the the uh, you know a manga sort of feel with the with the speed lines the 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 impacts the 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 faces bending to to punches um but you know this this goes this is brutal this is fast paced and you know this is two two powerful beings sort of just just going at each other and i thought that you know these four to five pages are just really great it's uh it's like 10 pages yeah if i'm counting correctly here it's long sequence and it shakes the earth like literally and metaphorically uh it's yeah it's one of the coolest superhero fights i think it'll go down in history with like dark knight returns Batman versus Superman. Obviously, that's sort of the original, and you can't really top that. Mm-hmm. But I think when when people are talking about great superhero battles, it'll be that Iron Man versus Captain America and Civil War. This, you know, etc. Yeah. So uh, as we said, the 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 battle is pretty epic. Um, they're they're going back and forth. Uh, we get our sort of <laughs> stand-in for. Uh, Superman and, and Zod, whereas Wonder Woman is just sort of doing her uh, Snyder Cut, uh, you know, I don't care about civilians, I'm just going to throw people through buildings. But um, this does it better than that, because in that movie, you're still supposed to root for Superman, and you're like, dude, you just killed 10,000 people. Yes, very um, true. Whereas this one, it's supposed to draw attention to the fact and I'm, I think that's deliberate on Daniel Warren Johnson's part, basically saying, screw you to Man of Steel. Um, but that's just my interpretation. <laughs> we'll, be, so we'll be saying a lot of screw yous to Zack Snyder in this week because we're also going to be going over Watchmen on Friday. Very true, very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Alan Moore, you know, we, Alan Moore listens to our podcast and, yeah, you know, it's, it's time, it's time for Zach, Zach, you know, he's, he's been a fan for a while. It's time for him to, to feel the, feel some of our flack and, and yeah, man. You know, so, 
And I love Zack Snyder. I, I really do. Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and The Watchmen and Three Hundred are, are, are my like my favorite guilty pleasure films. So, do you like points. do you like Sucker Punch? Yes, I do. <laughs> I I I like it as well. It makes no it, it makes no sense, but I just like to watch it. Me too. It's like I'm like. I think at one point I tried defending. I'm like, it's kind of brilliant. But then after a while I've, on other watches, I'm like, no, I just like this. It's not, it's not brilliant. It's stupid. And it's, uh, but I still love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the, the, the fight sort of uh, continues after that sort of man of steel moment. Um, but it gets, you know, wonder woman, uh, you know, de- delivers the blow uh, that we we realized for, that we saw earlier as she uh, sort of punches a hole in in Superman's chest, killing him. Yeah, crazy panel, crazy ending. And then to have a a page after that where it slows down mm-hmm. and it, it flashes back to the the present. Um, that really sells the impact. Yeah, and uh, so. Yeah, that's I. Uh, so there's a there's a book that I have uh, read a little bit of, and I need to I need to finish. And it's uh, it's the story grid, um, and a lot of it is like if you write uh, if you're writing sort of like a novel or a prose work, you like want to do like a chapter that's like a lot of intensity, and it's it's you know ramps up the action, and then you sort of want to like slow things down and cool things down for, for a panel or not for a panel for, or for, for a chapter. And that's sort of what they do here. They sort of like, it's intense here and then they slow us down and sort of make us linger on, uh, you know, the, what has just happened. Yeah. I like how also they, they make a point, Daniel Warren Johnson makes a point to show that it wasn't by accident that Diana kills Superman you know, that she kills him out of hatred. Like she murders him. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no question about it that she deliberately grabs kryptonite and punches holes in him. And, you know, now has to live with that regret for the rest of her life. Um, Again, I just did not see that coming with a superhero book. You know, you want your superheroes to be these, you know, flawless, you know, martyrs, you know, saints, that kind of thing. But to have a character, and you can only do this in an Elseworlds book too, right? Mm-hmm. You have a character that now has to redeem herself, who she thought was on a, she was always on a mission to redeem humanity, but now realizes that she's the exact same and has to redeem herself. That's, uh, that's just beautiful. Yeah, and thank you for uh, again uh, bringing up the fact that uh, she uses the the kryptonite to sort of deliver that uh, that death blow. Um, uh, and, but but I was also building off of what you were saying about slowing it down, and they do that during the scene where she grabs the kryptonite. You know, yeah, it's not just it's not just it's not just all really. It, it slows it down at that point. And it, it points out, it draws attention to the fact of how deliberate the storytelling is. It's not Man of Steel that's not self-aware at all. You know, it's it's very aware of what it's doing. Yeah, yeah I would just have to question the fact that you, you keep the thing that uh, 
can harm you in your in your throne throne room. You know, we we give uh, we give another writer of a of a black label book uh, some flack for storytelling. Um, yes, the fact that the uh, very convenient the conveniently keeps the all the kryptonite right uh, right there. Uh, it makes the more. It kind of makes sense though for for Superman because you know only he can lift the key to get inside, and it's you know sort of surrounded by kryptonite, and he's all about you know trying to remain keep himself in check, you know. So it makes sense why he'd have kryptonite around, and yeah. No, I I, I get that, but it is very convenient still. Yeah. You'd think he'd lock it in like a vault or something like that, or maybe yeah. it is. I don't know. So. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, after this sort of, uh, realization from, from, from Wonder Woman, she sort of passes out and, uh, uh, wakes up in sort of the, this medical bay with the, the, the Android Superman, um, talking to her, um, and she's sort of, she's sort of getting better. Uh, and then, but the perimeter alert goes off. I guess the perimeter alert didn't go off when, when they flew in though. Uh, maybe it did. We just, we were outside during that time because the robot met them as they're going in. And then also it was, uh, Batman programmed the robot to wait for Diana specifically. Okay. Which they explain on that page. Yes. Um, uh, so... Uh, Wonder Woman goes out, and it's the 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 kid that uh, we saw that has the lasso. And also, uh, um, that, that was a detail earlier that uh, she grabs Batman's utility belt from his cave in the first issue, and then they find out in this issue that there was a tracking beacon on the belt. So the the kid was able to track Diana to the Fortress of Solitude using that. Very true. But how did they? How did so? If Themyscira is on an island in Greece, how did they get to like Antarctica? How did she get to Antarctica on a motorcycle? Uh, that is a that is a very good question. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna skipped a couple of steps there, I guess. Um, so Wonder Woman is uh, sort of uh, put under the the the. Uh, the lasso of truth asked a bunch of questions she sort of you know as one has to be with the lasso of truth around them is, is very truthful and uh sort of makes a you know a, a plea to 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 this kid uh, as to you know why some of the decisions that she made that she made um do you like this page where it gets closer and closer to Wonder Woman's face as she becomes more and more honest about her failings? Yeah, I, 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 I did. Um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of great work there. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of the, the, the last three um, panels, the, the, the sort of the eye plane is all, sort of on the same line as we as we go in so that's that that that's pretty cool and it's also that's cool as as we talked a lot it's it's leading you to that 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 bottom corner of the page if you sort of follow that eye line yeah i really like that um so the, the the kid releases um wonder woman um 
and then the the android um comes to her and presents her with a history box history is it a history yeah it's like a mystery box of some sort we don't know what's inside yet yeah. it's green though maybe it's more kryptonite yeah. that uh or maybe jj abrams just got to take over for a second and uh dang it jj <laughs> give us a mystery box leave wonder woman alone so um they go into sort of this uh this weapon room um you know and we just get this like these 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 cool moments where folks are getting uh outfitted uh but then we just you know these last two and a half pages are just some of the most metal gruesome things it's just so and we've already don't know how i feel about this stuff yeah, so we've we've given spoiler alerts, but uh, basically the last two and a half pages is uh, Wonder Woman. She rips the skull and spine of Superman out. Then yeah. she and then she feeds the lasso of truth, sort of like through the opening of the vertebrae. Yeah. And then we get the comic book last page, splash page. Um, as she stands there, she's got the 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 spine and the dangling skull. Um, a little bit of the lasso of truth hanging out. And she looks like she is ready for action. So... Uh, I'm not too bothered by it, really, actually. I guess mainly because maybe it represents sort of uh, her sin, I guess, or her her failing, you know? So she carries, you know, Predator-style, a trophy of her, like, you know, like sort of like a monument to her sins, I guess, you know? Like a trophy of her murder, basically. Um yeah it's it's very metal you said it's sort of it's it's weird yeah um i mean it wouldn't be memorable if it wasn't weird yeah no it's i agree it's it's weird and cool and gruesome and it's everything that a comic book should be it is and again we, we we referenced that you get to do a lot of things in in this series that you wouldn't be able to do and i would say at the top of the list is ripping Superman's skull and spine out of his his body is probably <laughs> one of the things you wouldn't be able to get get away with in a uh, in a regular book. So that's where we end issue three. Yeah. Um, so it looks like issue four, if I'm reading this correctly, does not come out until October. Man, that man. is that is that is going to be quite the wait. But um, I'm excited to see how 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 that uh, how that goes. Me too. Yeah. Really excited. All right. So that was, that was our review of Wonder Woman Dead Earth issue three. Um, I'll turn it over to you for, for final thoughts um, as we, as we wind up here. Man, like uh, even going through it again, it was really cool and it it made all the story beats hit home harder. And uh, yeah, I love it. 
What about you? What are, what are your final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, we touched a little bit on this earlier. Um, you know, the, the way that you can tell a 12 issue series versus a four issue series. Um, and we, we definitely had a lot more time to sort of slow things down in strange adventures where, um, in Wonder Woman, we might've been able to slow things down for one to two pages, but then we sort of had to then ramp things up with, with action and, and moving the story along. So, um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed both of them. Um, but I, I'm not surprised because I, I, the, the work of these creators, uh, I've, I've been a fan of for, for quite some time. Yeah, me too. Um, even though I just started reading Daniel Warren Johnson, but always loved his work and really happy to be reading one of his books now. Very cool. All right. So I'd like to, to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating in re- or review on whatever, whatever podcasting service you use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you're on Twitter at Construct Compod. Uh, Instagram is Constructed Comics Pod, where we'll put up some of the, the pages where we, we really went in depth on the, the page design there. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody for, for listening. Uh, everybody be safe, uh, be nice to each other, and go out and make some art, make some comics, and we'll be back with a, another episode very soon.